The Holy Gospel according to John, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. And the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes. Then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. 
We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and you are trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. When he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Today's gospel is a long passage, and you may be wondering why I didn't just focus on one part of the story and read that part, especially in an online worship service, when I know there's plenty to distract us at home from listening and paying attention, like the phone alerts popping up with notifications, or the sound of the neighbors mowing their yard and reminding you that you'd better get out and do the same on a nice day like this. Maybe it's the dog demanding to be let outside, or it's the washing machine beeping that your load of laundry is done. It's hard to be present and keep your mind from wandering when you're in the pew, so I know it's even harder watching from home. But I kept this whole gospel passage from our lectionary because it reflects the reality of what faith looks like, a lifelong journey in which we grow in our ability to see Jesus and what Jesus means for us and for our world. You see, the man who is blind isn't automatically able to see the full picture of who Jesus is once he is healed. His physical sight is only the beginning of his journey. He is only fully able to see Jesus and to confess and worship him as Lord after a journey of questioning, resistance, and finally bold acceptance of Jesus and his message of inclusion and love for all people, even the outcast and excluded. The gospel starts with Jesus seeing the man and his disciples, asking him, was it sin, his sin, or the sin of his parents that caused him to be blind? Now, the disciples asked Jesus this because it was a common Jewish belief back then that illness or disabilities were a punishment from God. And so people used it as an excuse to ignore the people with illnesses or disabilities, to treat them as outcasts and turn the other way instead of helping them or including them in their society. Although we now may not consciously believe that, we often also treat people like their illness or their misfortunes or their hard luck is their own fault. And we turn away too. But Jesus says to the disciples and to us that God doesn't cause the man's blindness, 
that it isn't a punishment, that God hasn't turned away from him. And Jesus also says that this man's blindness was not caused by God either. There's a problem with our translation into English from the original Greek text here in verse 3, where it almost sounds like Jesus is saying that God caused this man to be born blind so that Jesus could heal him and reveal God through his healing. And that's just not the case, though. It's a bad translation. Our English translation says that Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. But biblical scholar Rolf Jacobson notes that in the original Greek, it says, Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, period. End of sentence. Then it goes on to say, in order that God's works might be revealed in him, we must work those works. When you correct the translation of what Jesus says, it becomes abundantly clear that Jesus is saying that the man who was blind and his parents are not at fault, and also that God did not cause this condition, or God does not cause any illness or disability. Instead, Jesus says that you see God at work, at work in bringing life and healing in places of pain and sorrow. That is where you see God at work. Jesus is revealing that God is not absent for those who suffer, whose lives are hard, those who are excluded. Jesus says and shows in his healing of this man that God works to transform places of darkness to bring forth healing, hope, and new life for us and our world. Those are the works of God. But the man's healing doesn't stop with just recovering his physical sense of sight. The journey doesn't stop there. God will not be revealed just by the healing of his sight, but will be revealed in the man's journey of faith as he moves from shock and wonder to seeing the greater picture of who Jesus is and placing his faith and trust in him. It's a journey that meets with resistance as the story of his healing spreads to the religious authorities who refuse to acknowledge God at work in Jesus and the man's healing. They deny God's work in this healing simply because Jesus did it on the Sabbath. They cling to the letter of the law and forget the spirit of the law, which is to help us live in God's love, healing, and reconciliation. They refuse to see the new thing God is doing because it doesn't fit in their neatly defined box of who God is, reminding us of the danger of substituting our idea of God for God, making an idol of our own preferences and understanding. So the man's journey goes through interrogation after interrogation from these leaders, and each time he tells his story, his faith grows. He begins to see the greater reality of who Jesus is beneath the surface. He moves from testifying to his healing to testifying that Jesus is a prophet, to testifying that Jesus is a man of God, to finally acknowledging Jesus as the Son of Man and his Lord. 
It is a story that reminds us that our faith and our lives are not just made up of aha moments where everything instantly changes. Instead, our faith journeys and lives are made up of hills and valleys, paths that are at some times breathtakingly beautiful from the top of the hill, but at times frightful and uncertain in the valley below. But in the midst of it all, we are not alone. The Lord is indeed our shepherd, as Psalm 23 testifies to us. The Lord is our shepherd who walks by our side, who is present at all times and in all places, rejoicing with us, mourning with us, working always in the midst of our lives to bring love to us and through us, love, healing, and reconciliation for us and our world. We'll be singing Amazing Grace after the sermon, a song that reflects that journey of faith and a God who never leaves us and who never gives up on us or our world. I invite you to, as you sing, to think about the times you felt lost, the times you felt God find you in the comforting words of a loved one, or maybe a song or a moment, those times when you felt lost and then been found by God. When in your life have you felt the dangers, toils, and snares? When have you felt God has been your shield, your hope? If you were to testify to God has touched your life, what would you say? May we remember that God's grace is amazing, and it is also forever. May we trust God is with us all along our journey in the midst of our uncertainty and fear at this time. May we trust that God is working to bring healing and hope. May we trust that the brokenness of our world will never have the last word. May we, like the man who is blind, testify to our faith, testify in words and acts of love healing, and reconciliation for all people, even those considered outcast and excluded in our world. Let us and our lives be the good news of Christ for our world. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>